the real me. Joining the world of work can lead to some big questions. This series is about finding the answers. How can I, as a young black female, have a voice? What should you do if you feel out of your depth? How can I inspire others? How can I be me at work? Two people, two different stages of their careers, real conversations and real experiences. This is the Rolls Royce, the real me. In this episode, Toby and Alex discuss imposter syndrome and how to beat it. Okay, um, I'm Toby. Um, I'm a materials laboratories degree apprentice. Um, I'm in second year and um, yeah, I'm really enjoying my time at Rolls Royce at the moment. Nice to meet you, Toby. I'm Alex, nice and I am the director of our people services um, world. So that's all things um, people, recruitment, global mobility, learning, case management, mm -hmm. reward, lots of different bits and pieces in there as part of our group business services. Um, and I've been at Rolls Royce for ten years. Ten years, yeah. Um, so, what made you decide to? What made you choose Rolls-Royce, really? Oh, good question. So I started as, at Rolls-Royce as an intern mm -hmm. 11 years ago and then came back as a graduate. And I kind of started, I guess, a bit by fluke. I got um, an advert as part of the university recruitment drive. Okay. And it described someone that I thought I might like to be, someone that mm -hmm. um, was bold and liked working with other people on some of the biggest problems that we face in our industry. So you wanted to develop yourself into that person then? You saw yourself as an opportunity to grow? One of the funny things, when I was having the conversation about setting this up, um, it was framed as someone in their early career was having a conversation with a leader. And my question was, so brilliant, who's the leader? And I think in that, I've been with Rolls-Royce for 10 years and I started as a graduate and I think that time has flown by, but I've also had brilliant experiences. But inside, I still feel like that grad that started on their first day. Definitely, definitely. What about brilliant. you, what attracted you? Um, so I was originally looking at uni um, and applying um, through all that and UCAS. Uh, and then I decided mm, it doesn't really work. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at um, apprenticeships and Rolls Royce was one that commonly came up and so I thought I'd give it a go and I managed to get it. Um, yeah, and it, it sounded really interesting. Materials wasn't something I'd done before, mm. not something I'd heard of. So it was very much something, everything would be new to me. And I could go at it with an like, open mind and clean slate. And then you have the two different sides to it as well. So they each have a different story with uni and work itself. So. And how do you ban balance doing university as well as work? Both of them seem really full on. Mm, yeah, both of them are full on. Um, first year is one week of uni and then one week of work. So you can it's a little bit more balanced okay. then. You've got your more time um, in the week to do uni. Uh, and then the second year and up, uh, that's one day of uni a week. So that's a little bit more pressure. Um, but you've got evenings um, and you've got other time where you can, at work, um, allocate yourself to do uni work. And yeah, yeah. yourself, did you... Um, how are you balancing work and life um, and how's that working? Oh, good question, good question. So I came back from maternity leave earlier this year, so mm -hmm. I've got a little boy who's nearly 16 months old and I don't see it as balance because it's not in balance, nothing's yeah. in balance. I see it more as a blend and we've got okay. to blend those lines together in a way that feels comfortable. 
and I have some days where I get it wrong and okay. I prioritise one thing over the other and I have some days where I get it right and I feel like I can go to bed at night and think, yeah, I did it right today. And I guess that's part of the learning, but I'm definitely not getting it right and I'm very privileged to have an incredible partner who mm -hmm. helps me in navigating how we blend those two things together. That's what about you? What support have you had um, with work? Yeah, okay. So, um, we have um, a leader called an ADL, Apprentice Development Leader, and they oversee us throughout our entire apprenticeship. Um, and they are pretty much our main contact um, in terms of any information that you need, any help that you need um, in terms of sourcing out uni. But then also as well, you can go and talk to them about any issues you've got and they can offer you advice. Um, and uh, yeah, they're just a good sort of person to make sure you're um, keeping everything on track and you're not struggling, you're not falling behind. Um, so they're really good. Definitely. And I guess with learning journeys and joining an apprenticeship, there's an awful lot going on, I guess, in life as well as at mm. work. Have you ever felt out of your depth in any of that? Yeah, so um, I had to move up quite a long way to join Rolls-Royce. Um, I'm originally from Godalming, um, so I've moved up quite a long way. And um, moving at 18 and getting started at full-time work with uni on the side as well, that's a big, it's a big step. Yeah, so... Um, I talk to my parents quite frequently. Um, they've been really <coughs> helpful, um, especially um, with me finding out that I'm autistic, um, okay. but them being big contact, big points of contact for me. Um, they can help me figure out what I'm thinking um, when I sometimes can't. Um, and then people in Rolls-Royce as well. Um, you've got the ADLs who are very understanding. They um, absolutely do take care of you um, and they do check in on you as well. Um, and they can fight for your extra support that you may need. Um, yeah, yourself, do you have any points of contact that you really think, like, if you're really struggling? Definitely, and I guess I feel out of my depth quite regularly, mm. but on a, on a range of issues, and I think there's something about if you're stretching yourself enough, you're always going to feel a certain amount out yeah. of your depth, because that means that you're on that edge and you're learning. But I've absolutely got people that I lean on and that I trust, whether that be my family. Mm -hmm. um, my parents definitely know me better than most people in this world. Yeah. Um, and some key contacts in work and so those WhatsApp groups that you can fire off the message in that moment of doubt. And you know that people are coming to come back and support you um, with that. So exercise is a really good way for me to process my thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, some of my teams previously have said it's dangerous when I go on a long bike ride because I come back with all of these ideas because I can process what's in my head. I also do a lot of journaling, so where I just write mm -hmm. down whatever's going on in my head in a bit of a stream of consciousness, so just exactly how it is in my head. Get it all down so that I can organise my thoughts because sometimes it can feel quite chaotic in there. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely understand that. So that's something with me is um, I've... Um, been ever since I've learned that I'm autistic it's very um, it's been very helpful to make myself lists of everything that's going on um, it's um, my mum and I've uh, given a term called mind dumping and it's just getting your brain out there um, and it suddenly feels like you've got a lot more room inside your head to think about stuff um, and to think about stuff outside of work as well you know you've got all potentially hobbies that you want to do um, and so there's a lot more than just work and learning um, so it helps it all fit in there really really good technique and I like the phrase mind dumping I might yeah. I might pinch that from <laughs> you <laughs> you're welcome to you mentioned a couple of times your diagnosis of autism mm. 
Do you mind talking about that a little no, bit? Yet, Don't feel any pressure. So um, it was around the time um, trying to understand why I'm experiencing things differently to everyone else. And that's when it kind of cropped up. And um, it's, it's been a long journey through then, you know, with the whole holdups of um, being able to get tested. Um, it was a long wait list. Um, but it's mostly been my own research um, and having a look at what I can be doing. Other people who um, have exp um, known about it for longer, they've, they've come up with their own techniques to deal with stuff and looking at that and seeing that'll work for me or no, that won't work for me. Um, and so that's pretty much been what it is so far. Wow. It's quite a, a, a major thing to go through. Um, uh, actually a bit of a later stage in your life and to work out how that impacts how you see the world. Yeah, but I think another thing as well is being able to be myself at work and do my own things, um, taking a short break every now and then to um, either listen to music or um, do one of my hobbies, which is cubing. It means I don't think about other things, so I can just do one of those every now and then. In a way, it's a technique for mindfulness, really, because mm. you're just really focusing in the moment yeah. on what you're doing in front of you, parking everything else that's going yeah. on in your brain. So um, slowly got back <laughs> into it and I thought, um, you know, perhaps I can really use this as a tool to help me um, learn social skills and um, to help me understand um, different, like the people at Rolls Royce who mm -hmm. I'm working with. So, um, so have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Can you give me an example of that and how you dealt with it? Oh my goodness, an example. So I would say imposter syndrome, something I probably struggle with on a daily basis, mm -hmm. if not a weekly basis. And it shows up in various different ways. Um, and some of those ways lead to kind of a self-doubt within myself on what I can do and what I'm here to do. Um, and I think I've suffered with imposter syndrome for quite a long time. I also think a lot of other people suffer from mm. imposter syndrome, but they just don't talk about it. And I think for me, um, it's that inner voice within me that becomes unhelpful in questioning my worth, why I'm here to do what I'm doing, why I'm in a certain job. So. I moved into the role of director of people services coming back from maternity leave. Why? What made me the best candidate for that role? And actually, maybe it was fluke, maybe it was luck, maybe they didn't know where else to put me in the organisation. Or maybe it's because through an application process I was the right person yeah. for the role. But that voice yeah. in my head is it's really small. small. <laughs> it's really small. Um, voice um, and I have it on big things so like my role and I have it on small things like the decisions that we make every day I had some coaching a few years ago because it was quite crippling and that was one of the things that Rolls-Royce did to help me they supported me mm -hmm. with some coaching and this coach used to make me think about well, what is the unique bit that I bring to a situation that nobody else is going to bring and that can be as small as you bring the energy, you bring the smile. Or it could be a really interesting perspective that nobody else has understood, a different piece of learning. And actually by just reframing it and saying, well, what do I bring that nobody else brings to this scenario really helped. The other thing she said was she often put an empty chair in front of me 
and she would coach me to say, well, what would I say to me if we were having this conversation? Be your own sort of therapist. Be your own therapist and counsel, yeah. And so sometimes when I get in those situations and the unhelpful thoughts outweigh the helpful thoughts, I sometimes think, what would I do if, like this, I was sat opposite myself? And you probably wouldn't be nearly as like as critical as you mm. are to your own self. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. And I think as well, it's quite interesting <laughs> to see how you've not really experienced it from comparing yourself to others and also it's what you think about how well you're doing and, and yeah. I think that's just quite an interesting way of how you've dealt with it you know being able to teach yourself like actually no it's not that bad. I hadn't actually appreciated that perspective but that's really interesting mine's not to do with comparing myself to others actually mine's all in, <laughs> all in, <your> own head. <laughs> all in here and a comparator against what people think I should or what I think I should be rather than what others are doing. What about you? Have you experienced imposter syndrome? Yeah, um, yes, yeah, I have. And um, I've definitely noticed it whilst um, I've been here um, in terms of uni. So I did a BTEC in engineering at college rather than regular three A levels. So I didn't do A level maths. Um, and through that at uni, it's really quite evident that you know, everyone else, they, they're, they're all getting everything immediately, or they've already done it, you know, especially in the first year, and I'm there brand new to it, essentially. Okay. And so it's, mine was very much, I'm comparing myself to others, I'm, and looking at my own progress and thinking like, I'm, I'm, I, I shouldn't be here, I don't belong with these people, you know, th these people are, they deserve to be at Rolls-Royce, they've worked hard, they've, um, they've achieved all these amazing grades at A-levels, and they've done more than me. Um, what? I, I don't really have anything I can do here. And, and then I think the way I dealt with it was just being able to tell one person, just, just one person, just tell everything, everyone, your con that one person your concerns. And as you talk about it, you, you solve your own situation. As you say it out loud, you, you realise like, oh, I haven't thought about that one way to think about it and, and this way as well. Um, and by the time you get to the end of conversation, I've regularly found out I've solved my own problem. Yeah. And actually comparing yourself to others in the degree classroom is one day in five, did you say earlier? Yes, yeah, at the moment. So actually 20% of your week, what's happening the rest of the time? How are you adding value the rest of the time? Because you said something in there that actually kind of hurt me. It was, well, that made me feel like I didn't belong. And mm. I think that's something that people go through in different ways for different reasons. But it's interesting that you feel like you've kind of come through that. So if I ask you a question, how well do you think you belong now? What yeah, would you say? Um, so I've recently started a new placement. Um, and there's obviously, um, it's a little bit difficult getting used to the new workload and changing, you know, pretty much the entire team you work with. Um, so there is that changeover period. But I think now, now that I understand who I am a bit more and um, now that I've found out what sort of role I have um, in Rolls-Royce um, since I've actually started doing work and everything, it's, um, yeah, I, I, do, I do feel like I, I do have something different to offer. Um, I have different perspectives and that people don't think about um, with the way my brain works. Um, so um, I do feel like I can add value to this. So using your brain as a real asset mm. as we evolve in the future? Yeah. Well, that's an incredible asset to have. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, I found that really, really cool um, to see like 
um, from somebody who's been in Rolls Royce for so long um, and knowing where I can get to um, and how I can develop in my apprenticeship. And thank you, Toby. Thank you for being so open and honest and sharing where you're at. I think that bodes really well for your future career development. And if you ever need any support, let me know. I'll be really happy to help. Thank you, Alex and Toby, for sharing your experiences. And thank you for tuning in. To find out more about starting your career at Rolls-Royce, check out our socials or search Rolls-Royce Early Careers. Be real, be curious, be ready, be you. Be Rolls-Royce.